Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Obviously, uh, we are still uh, focusing on the Doug Ford situation and the notwithstanding clause. Uh, yesterday, on uh, in an interview with uh, Global News Radio 640, our sister station in Toronto, uh, the Premier said the decision to cut Toronto's council is very popular and that he's hearing feedback about Ottawa, and they'd kind of like to see it too, or so he says. Uh, to that end, by the way, he's uh, calling the legislature back uh, today and uh, going to reintroduce the bill, and uh, of course is still talking about using the notwithstanding clause. Uh, Toronto City Council is going to have an emergency meeting, we're told. So it, it seems as if we're kind of heading towards a crisis situation here. Uh, joining us to uh, give some light on this is uh, Barry Kay, political science professor at Wilfrid Laurier University, uh, majoring in Canadian and U.S. politics. Barry, great to have you with us today. Thanks so much. Hello, Bill. Uh, this really seems to be divided along political lines right now, and some are, are characterizing this as a constitutional crisis. Are, are we blowing this thing out of proportion? Well, it's already been blown out of uh, <clears throat> out of proportion. Uh, uh, it's it's like trying to. <laughs> use a blowtorch to kill a, to swat a fly. Um, <clears throat> look, in constitutionally, um, it's pretty clear. Um, the province can do whatever it wants with municipalities. If the province tomorrow, I don't think they're going to, but decided to suggest that Hamilton should become part of Toronto, they can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, the municipal level of government is very much subservient to the, the provincial level of government, and that's just the way the British North America Act was set up. So the question becomes not a matter of whether it can be done constitutionally, but whether it should be done. Uh, the um, problem that I, I can't re- remember the name of the judge that made the uh, issue the order uh, yesterday, but the um, Bello Baba. Yeah, um, he, um, he his reservation wasn't over the idea of jurisdiction, but the way it was done, the lack of consultation, the fact that it's done on such short notice, and it's really disturbing the um, the electoral process itself. Um, if this is if, if Doug Ford is bloody-minded enough, and he seems to be, uh, to pursue this, it's going to happen. Um, and indeed, uh, the uh, there was a suggestion that the federal government might want to get involved. That that would be is mindless. It's what the provincial government is doing, and uh, the, the prime minister has enough other things on his plate. He's not going to get involved with this. What we're really talking about at the end of the day is the uh, the jobs of 22 people. That's the difference between the. Um, what would have been the council, uh, the size of the council, and what is going to be with the new council? Ironically, I'm not, yeah, I'm not at all sympathetic to anything that Doug Ford has done. I think this is very revealing about the style of government we're going to be facing the next few years in Ontario. I think it's uh, it's petty, vindictive, and impulsive in terms of what he's done, and and disturbingly reminiscent of what's going on south of the border. That all said, <clears throat> if Doug Ford feels this is such a priority that he's now prepared to in an unprecedented way for Ontario, use the notwithstanding clause, uh, he's going to go ahead and do it. Um, I'm, if, in fact, there's any problems in terms of the implementation, because he's already committed to the idea of the notwithstanding clause, if there's any problems with regard to the implementation, at most it might be to set the date back. I'm not sure, uh, given because we're, it's, it's still less than a month, it's still a little more than a month away. What is the 22nd, I think, is, mm-hmm. the, uh, Sorry. is the tentative date of the, um, of the election. Um, but by the time this all goes into place legally, I think we're going to be within a month. And the question of whether or not people who have already uh, registered to run in the old boundaries, um, whether all that now can be overridden with the new boundaries, whether that can all be done within the space of what will likely be less than four weeks, that I'm not sure about. So if there's a, a glitch, that's the glitch in terms of the timing of it. Um, the stupidity, or at least the mindlessness, uh, that this is just somebody who's evening scores. 
and it's a disturbing sign, I think, for what we're probably in for for the next uh, four years uh, in Ontario. But I don't want to prejudge what the future is going to hold. But this is the style of this uh, of this premier. It seems this is not an issue that he raised at all during the provincial election. Um, and he talked about reforming, streamlining government, but the fact is this is very unilateral. It's only being done in Toronto, and clearly it's being done in my mind and the minds of many because he has it in for people who weren't particularly cooperative with him when he and his brother were involved in municipal politics. So um, I, 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 if you're asking for prediction, at the end of the day, the, um, this new council of 25 is probably, um, uh, probably going to be what the, the way it, it ends up. Um, the fact that he claims it's popular, I'd like to see some evidence of that. I haven't. Uh, I don't think there's a great deal of evidence. I hope he isn't going to start with a pattern of, of making claims that don't exist and cre- suggesting that it's false news when people disagree with him, because that too is what we're seeing south of the border. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the, the style of this premier is, is more disturbing than anything else. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think the issue is all that significant, other than the fact that there are going to be 22 fewer people on Toronto City Council than there would have been otherwise. I'm not sure that's necessarily going to change the outcome of very much of decisions that might be taken by that council. But is that whole concept about reducing the size of council taking a back seat now to a methodology? Because I mean, that, that was the, as you mentioned, Barry, I think quite rightly, that was the essence of the judge's ruling. It wasn't that the, the province can't do this. I mean, here in Hamilton, we've seen this happen. I mean, you know, we, we had regional government forced on us in the 70s by a, a provincial government, an amalgamation forced on us 18 years ago by a government. So we, we know that. I mean, we, you know, we didn't even get the T-shirt. We've lived through this. Uh, so we know that happens, but it, I, my understanding from the, I read the, 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 the decision and it was, you can't do this once the election has started, go ahead and do it after and say for the next term of council, if you want, but not now, but that seems to be getting lost in, in the rhetoric that's going back and forth. Well, I guess it could be appealed yet to a, a higher court. Uh, but in fact, this all isn't going to happen. My, my hunch is that if there's a delay, there, there could well be a delay. It could be that this will get pushed beyond the October 22nd date when the rest of Ontario will be voting. Um, I have doubts as to whether or not the people who are opposed to this, and I'm not talking about shoulds because I'm not in sympathy with this decision by the uh, Premier at all, but um, my hunch is that he will prevail um, in terms of what's likely to come. Whether Ontario, Toronto is voting on the same day as the rest of the province, that's the only part I'm not sure about. Yeah, I, I mean, from a, a philosophical standpoint, I mean, it's it's always a political winner to say we're going to reduce the number of politicians. People don't like politicians, and they all think this government's too big, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I get that. But, uh, but again, you know, once this whole thing is underway, that seems to be the problem. And now you've got uh, the, the debate raging now about the notwithstanding clause, and, and as you mentioned, using a blowtorch to, to kill a fly in a situation like this. Uh, it opens up another question, I guess now, Barry, if, uh, and Ford does do this, and there's no reason to think he's not. Uh, what's to hold anybody else back in this country from doing the exact same thing on, on what was considered to be menial things? I mean... Uh, we can get into why the notwithstanding clause was included in this thing in the first place, and there, there's a debate. Uh, even some of the people that were around back in those days are, are not really running to the, to the to the defense of this this clause right now. Uh, but it was it was one of those things that well, we'll put that in there to try to appease Quebec. I don't think anybody foresaw the, this kind of a use. Well, yeah, you know, one likes to think that people are going to act uh, with some dispassion and, and and some moderation in, in their their actions. Um, the um, the fact is they can do it. It is part of the Constitution, rightly or wrongly. At the time it was intended, I don't want to sort of relive history, it was intended as a way to get the provinces to go along to a deal that they might not otherwise be uh, 
uh, sympathetic to. Yeah. Quebec was the real problem, and indeed, the use of the in the intervening period, as best I remember, I'm being reminded of things. There was a case in the Yukon, another case in Saskatchewan for relatively trivial matters. But in fact, outside of Quebec, it has not been used much at all. Um, and it's, I don't want to suggest that the uh, livelihood of the 22 politicians that might lose their jobs is, is insignificant. But in the greater scheme of things, this isn't a big deal. Um, and uh, that, in fact, uh, this, I think, is an inappropriate use of it, and I think is kind of a reflection of the mood and the whims of the, uh, of the premier. The fact that he, if he was so concerned about it, in fact, it was something he could have raised during the election campaign and chose not to. Um, so I'm not, um, whether or not the notwithstanding clause should be there or should only be used in certain kind of cases, that's not the way that the Constitution now reads. And uh, Ford can and probably will go ahead with this. Now he's committed to it, so he would look weak in his eyes if he didn't, didn't pursue it. Is it possible to try to throw, to gum up the works a little bit by delaying it through uh, judicial appeals? That could happen. I don't want to suggest it can't happen as sort of the next stage of all of this. It doesn't look like the federal government is going to be a party to that, however. And frankly, at the end of the day, I still think it will probably end up with a 25-person council. So yeah. it's a matter of to what extent uh, politicians at different levels want to sort of spin their wheels to, to pursue it. We're uh, getting a, a, a quick lesson here, I guess, in, in politics and, and uh, from, you know, jurisdictional politics, etc. Uh, you know, because there is a hammer, apparently, I found out yesterday, that the federal government can do, if they so choose, they could simply quash the bill. Uh, which would kill the discussion altogether. But I, I, I agree with you. I don't think the prime minister is going to get involved in this. It's not the smart move. Um, I'm not sure that what Ford's doing is the smart move either. But uh, again, John Trudeau has too many other things going on to start getting into petty fights over the size of the Toronto City Council. So the, that, this may just be a, an issue that's going to blow away. I guess the other question I've got, and, and again, we're getting into civics classes here now, Barry, uh, can they move the election date? I, I know that you know October 22nd is election day here in Ontario in every one of the jurisdictions. Can they make an exception for Toronto and say, okay, if it's a month later for you guys? I could imagine something like that happening. Um, if it's felt by the courts, because this probably still is going to go through at least another level of review, uh, the courts suggesting that the date that is um, going to be attached to the, the new bill, I mean, this hasn't even passed, it's presumably going to happen later today, the, the date for registering for election. There already have been people registering to run for the election that was supposed to be held with the 47 uh, council seats. Uh, but now we're talking about a new council with 25 people, and that indeed the date for that may not be able to be deemed to be sufficient by the court to provide sufficient time for the elections to be run. Is it po I'm not sure that that's gonna, the way it's going to come out. But frankly, that's probably the only change that I see. It may be, the, and, and the, that may well be decided by the courts. Um, uh, the, uh, I'm not, again, again, I'm not a lawyer, but I think that's, I could imagine that sort of thing happening. It may be that Toronto will vote at a little bit later date. It may be in November. Is this going to serve as a template for uh, other municipalities when it comes to uh, riding uh, or ward boundaries, et cetera? Uh, you know, the, the Premier mentioned he, he's getting a lot of uh, feedback from Ottawa saying, do it to us too. And, and again, we, that, that's anecdotal information. We have a mayoral candidate here in Hamilton uh, running in our election, Barry, that's suggesting that he wanted to realign the, uh, the, the municipal boundaries to align with the, the federal and provincial boundaries. Uh, is, is, is it really pragmatic to do this sort of thing? I mean, it can't be a one-size-fits-all, can it? Well, probably not. And in fact, I, 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 even though that's the excuse that the, um, the Premier used, uh, he had grudges against a lot of people on Toronto City Council. He doesn't have experience in Hamilton or any other city, so my hunch is it's not going to apply elsewhere. 
And indeed, with regard to Hamilton, we're talking about a relatively limited number of seats. And as I recall, uh, you can correct me, but I don't think the federal boundaries totally over exactly overlap with the i think it goes into some of the suburban areas as well i don't think it totally overlaps Mm -hmm. precisely that look that could be accommodated but uh hamilton has only four or five seats Uh, even if you sort of had two members per seat i don't think that that necessarily corresponds with what would be done it just so happens although i think it's a bit of a stretch too it just so happens that the 25 seats or so that Toronto now has, I guess, is seen in the eyes of the Premier as a plausible number for the City Council as well. It's happened that we've done it provincially and federally as well. Um, And again, it's because of the size of our province. No other province could do that. In answer to your question, can the um, Premier do do it? Of course, he can do whatever he wants. I've already suggested he could abolish the limits of the city of, of Hamilton entirely tomorrow if he wanted. So he could certainly do it. I don't think he will. I think this was just sort of a, a sort of a, 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 a getting a settling of grudges with people on Toronto City Council. He has no particular history to of, of enmity with Hamilton because he's never been on the council. So I don't think it's going to occur. Well, and for those that are suggesting this is really business and there's no personal element to this, too, I mean, let's not forget the fact that he eliminated two regional chair positions because two of his political enemies were running in those, or were planning on running in those elections. Sure, and he did the same thing with removing one of the local MPs of the Kitchener area because he had supported uh, Christine Elliott. Uh, this is a guy that, uh, that uh, carries grudges and that, in fact, is prepared to even scores. And um, I think this is perhaps just the beginning of what we're going to see over the next four years. With what consequences, though? I, I, you know, he was ranting yesterday uh, in this interview I referred to on our sister station in Toronto, 640, uh, about, you know, getting sued by this and, you know, I'm the, gov- I'm the government here. You know, we got duly elected, yada, yada. D- d- does he not understand that there are consequences? I mean, if you want to cancel the Green Energy Act, uh, that's within his purview as well. Of course, any government can do that. But there are going to be legal consequences, just as there would be for this. And he doesn't seem to want to understand or believe that that's going to happen. I, I don't know who he's consulting. I suspect he's gotten advice that suggested this wasn't the uh, the most astute move. Um you know, the, the biggest problem, if we uh, again refer to our neighbors south of the border, uh, is not so much the personal style of the president, although that's a problem too, uh, but the fact he doesn't listen to anyone. He doesn't pay attention to advice from anybody else. I, I'm hopeful that that is not the case with the Premier of, of Ontario, but I'm yet to be convinced. We will see how many fights he wants to pick and how many, how many scores he wants to settle. If this becomes the pattern, I do not think it behooves well for the um, the people of Ontario, or for that matter, for the Conservative Party in Ontario coming to another election, but that's, that's going to be four years away. But we're seeing in the next couple of months, we're seeing what's happening in the states, and that finally Doug, uh, the, uh, the President uh, Donald Trump is actually going to have to, even though he won't be on the ballot, is going to be facing an electorate making a judgment about his, his approach. Doug Ford, I think, should perhaps take some uh, advice from what goes on in the States, because I think my hunch is that this is going to be a reversal for the president, and this is something, even though Ford doesn't have to face the public for another four years, and he's basically bulletproof for by-elections, he's got enough of a big majority that even losing a few by-elections won't change anything. But if this is going to be the style of governance we're going to see over the next four years, I'm not sure there's going to be a second term for the Conservatives. Barry Kay from uh, Wilfrid Laurier. Barry, thanks as always. Great talking with you today. Thank you. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.